Hello, and thanks for joining Your Body Advocate Podcast. I am Ruth Cummings, your host, and today I have a special treat for Earth Day, April 22nd. Today we're talking to my friend Amber Peoples, and we're going to talk about how we resonate with the Earth, how our body resonates with the Earth, and how the Earth resonates with our body. It's a fascinating conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Let's take a deep breath to relax. Ready? All right, here we go. You're listening to Your Body Advocate, telling your body's side of the story. The podcast dedicated to supporting and improving your body-mind connection so you can live a pain-free, passion-filled life, dissolving one body tension at a time. Discover the healing properties of your own body language, and together, let's explore ways to support and improve essential self-talk. Now, here's your host, Master of Encouragement and Body-Mind Life Coach, Ruth Cummings. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Your Body Advocate Podcast. I am Ruth Cummings, your host, and today we have Amber Peoples. I'm going to read her bio for us. Amber Peoples is an earth relationship coach and a copywriter who creates experiences and messages to nurture connections with the planet. She welcomes the artist and scientist inside everyone to design solutions for our beautiful yet messy relationship with the earth. Amber exemplifies that the next amazing idea can come from anywhere at any age. With a master's in theater production, she has created and experimented inside renovated buildings like EcoTrust, on earth stages like Science on Tap, out in the open air at Portland Farmer's Market, and across 135 miles of coastline through Live Culture Coast. Next up, the docuseries called Climate of Awe, Arts with Ecology. Thank you, Amber. Thank you for being with us. I'm, I'm so glad to have you here. It's taken months, and I'm glad to have that we're finally doing this. So welcome. Oh, I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you so much, Ruth. I, I appreciate your energy and all that you bring to the world. And I'm delighted to have a chance to, to reconnect and, and uh, reach out to your audience and say hello to them and uh, make, some, make some new family members today. I agree. I agree. I love what you do. And you've been working on some amazing things um, since we've met each other. And I really want to help you in any way I can. And I think what you do can really help all of my listeners. And since I work with the body, you know, um, we were just talking a little bit about this and we've talked about it in the past of how our body really resonates with the earth and how the earth resonates within our body. Mm. And I just, I love your, your take on that. So let's start with that question. In your opinion, could you tell us more about how the earth resonates with us and us with the earth? And then there's so many things to go over today, but please, let's start there. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's such a potent question that's actually at the at the core of what I talk about. Uh, and to, to simplify it as much as possible, it's actually the name of the organization that I run, which is called Earth Relationship. Uh, and it is about this concept that is ancient. Uh, you know, it goes back to the, the Celtic Druids, to Australian Aboriginals, to the First Peoples of the Americas. Um, the Lakota people summarize it very well in when they say uh, which means we are all related. 
Um, but then we can fast forward to Shakespeare, who says, one touch of nature makes the whole world kin. Well, kin is not a word we use too often anymore, but there's actually a woman, Robin Wall Kimmerer, who's trying to bring it back. Uh, and she's bringing it back in a really interesting way when she's asking us uh, uh, pronouns, of course, are a big deal right now. Uh, and she's asking us to replace the pronoun it when we're talking about specifically nature's objects. And even the word objects, she would probably be like, she'd correct me and be like, oh, let's not use that word either. But let's uh, move it from it to the word kin, actually using the pronoun kin to describe a plant, an animal, the air, a mountain. So it's this idea that we are all related just as much as I am related and of my body, of the body of my mother and my father and my grandparents and going farther and farther back, we can definitely trace that through humanity. And there's there's so much that's done about that in, in biology and, and medical and medicines in regards to tracing our human history. Um, but this idea of earth relationship is acknowledging that our body and is from this planet and is connected intrinsically to this planet in a way that there's actually no way to just pluck something out and put something back in like you would with a clock. It's all interconnected. And so the, the best way we can do that, starting out, if, if you're listening to me and going, what the heck is she even talking about? This sounds like a bunch of jambalaya, for lack of a better term, is going through our body. Like if you just go outside, especially in the United States, we are very indoor creatures. Um, there are lots of cultures throughout the world that have um, housing that is indoor outdoor living. Um, but here specifically in the United States, a lot of indoor living. So simply going outside wherever you have access to that and being still for a moment is a great place to start. And just tune into your senses. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? If you're brave enough, what do you taste? Um, that is the way that we start. The, the verb I like to use is listen. You know, as, as humans, we tend to think that listening is, is through our ears only. But I'm sure one of the things that you advocate with your audience members is how we really listen with our body. And that is so fundamental with the planet is how do we listen from our body? And that's how we then start to um, find connections in other places that, that are maybe more considered existential or even sacred or scientific on the other realm of the spectrum. But this idea of, of relating with the earth, with being within kinship with the earth, starts with our body first and foremost, because our bodies come from the earth and will return to the earth. I love that. That's definitely one of the main questions I ask people how to listen. Are they listening to their body? And it's, uh, you know, it is so important to be able to, you know, we're not, I agree with you, not listen to your, with your ears. We're listening with your whole spirit, with your whole body, with your whole temple. There's so many rhythms coming at us. Some of them good, some of them not so good, but the, um, the rhythms, a lot of them come from the earth. And, uh, you know, I was, I was a drummer for most of my life. I still am, but I'm, for years, it was hours and hours per day. And I didn't realize how that rhythm and learning rhythm was about to totally envelop my world in my career forever. And, but I think many of us, 
we hear these rhythms and we hear what our bodies are saying and we ignore it and we ignore it and we ignore it. And now, you know, there's so much more disease than there has been in many decades and a lot of problems in many areas. But I wanted to go continue with your, I'm very curious. Tell me about, you have this new quiz that you have. It's such a, ama- it's amazing. You've been working on it for so long. It's uh, tell us all about that. I'm, I'm going to be quiet. Please tell us about that quiz. Yeah, thank you. It's it's so exciting to have it out in the world and have people taking it and getting feedback and learning about themselves. Uh, and uh, it's it's built on a structure once again relating to this idea of earth relationship. And I love that you use the word rhythm because that's another really great way to describe what it is that I created that you get the results through the quiz. So um, I've I've through through um, a, a lot of research. Um, I've developed these five earth relationship types and they do fit on a spectrum similar to like a rainbow has the spectrum of colors. Now, of course, there is variation like how do we really know orange is orange and not salmon colored or um, going the other direction towards green? What would that be? No, orange, orange goes into yellow. So that would be salmon or or red. Uh, So it's or if we're looking between blue and purple, where is the actual designation? So of course there's wiggle room here, but you're looking for kind of what is that, that first hit with any quiz. It's just, just your first hit. It's your first mental model that you have for yourself as you're answering these questions. So it's simply a place to start. But these, these five relationships that go on a spectrum uh, range from a mystic on one side uh, and these people I refer to as the embodied people going up, you know, the alley that you you specialize in, Ruth. These are people that really focus on the experience of relationship. You may look at Sufis who have their spinning dances. You may have um, Buddhists who have their meditation practices. You may have Christians that have their sacrament of communion. Um, but in, what's so important about the mystics is that it is a fully embodied rhythmic experience that trying to actually use language is really hard to do. It's just, it's this pale comparison to the reality of of that. But yet there's still rhythms in the other four relationships as well. Um, The the next one we have on the spectrum uh, is an artist person. And I call them the metaphor because as they relate to life, they see things in metaphors. They see um, symbols, a lot of symbols in whatever they do. And this is definitely me. This is why I've chosen to do, um, you know, a film project. This is why I chose to create a, a festival called Live Culture Coast. Um, this is why I ended up creating this quiz. It's really just a big symbol. It's the reason I'm a copywriter when I'm using my words with language and symbols to help people see things in a new way. Um, and so artists have a rhythm, but it is with this, this metaphor um, that, they're, that they're experiencing the world through and thus the earth as well. And then we get to um, the people in the ecotone. Uh, and an ecotone is an, ac- an ecological term um, that is used to describe where two ecosystems meet. It could be a meadow and a forest. It could be an ocean and a coastline. But if you think about those places, uh, like a coastline where the continent and ocean meet, it is vibrant. It is diverse. Like just walking along a coastline for an hour, you just feel so energized. And all the animals and plants that live in both ecosystems show up there, plus ones that can only live right there in that in-between place. And so these people, 
I, I refer to as designers. I also refer to as weavers. And their rhythm is about finding these, these middle grounds, these in-between places. Uh, and so their brains are constantly seeking out that way to bring people to together, to bring ideas together, to bring, um, uh, to bridge a gap. They, they seek gaps and they want to, and they want to fill them and bridge them. And so that's the rhythm that they're seeing the world with, they're experiencing the world with. And then we start getting into, um, if, if we have mystics on one end that struggle with language, we get closer to language as we go down. And now we get to the people that I call my network people. Uh, and these are ecologists and economists that really see the world as this intricate interwoven network. Um, but it's rather than like a tapestry, it's more like nodules um, that are connected. And so they could map it out. And that's how we're getting closer to language now, because we're getting to maps and mapping it out and having um, points that you can land on at those nodules. Uh, and so these are um, these are going to be the people that uh, really live up to a scientific theory called the systems view of life which is this idea of scientifically proving how we're all interconnected. Uh, and then finally, we get to the group that I call my molecular people. And these people love to just go down the deep, deep um, atom level, molecular level of understanding. So these people love language. They love mathematical equations. They love precision. So their rhythm, their relationship, their way of being family is to actually give you these really precise ways of doing things. And so what's interesting across the spectrum is that they all have a rhythm to them, but they are very expressed very differently. And so it's it's honoring that about ourselves, that the earth is, is really in some ways so inconceivable about how it works, no matter how much we're trying to understand it, there's still so much that we have to admit we don't know. Like, do we really know how gravity works? Do we really know how time works? We really don't. Um, but I bet we have some mystics who can give you an experience to be with it or scientists that are working really hard on equations to be able to help it. But even at like the scientist realm, we're starting to realize quantum physics makes sense on its own. Relativity makes sense on its own. When you put it together, they don't make sense. And so it's it's across the spectrum of ways of, of communicating with the earth, similar to love languages. We all, um, you know, according to the theory, there's, there's these kind of five ways we can encapsulate love, both in how we want to give it and receive it. And so I'm looking at these earth relationships as these different perspectives we have as humans on the world and how if we show up in full presence of that, uh, we can, we can, truly show up in connection um, with one another. Uh, and when I say one another, I mean individual humans with the planet, with the earth, with the, um, the what we refer to as either beyond human or more than human aspects of the world when we're talking about plants and animals. So, so this idea of rhythm, I, I really love that you use that because that's a, a great, you know, I'm the metaphor girl, you know, I love those metaphors. So it's a great metaphor to describe all five of those, those relationship types. I know I'm, I, I love these and I, I know you've been working on them really hard and I, I love them. You've done a great job. They Thank really you. are uh, distinct and I understand each one of them. And that's funny. Like um, I'm guessing, you know, that which one I am, but I, I can see myself in each one. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's an interesting, uh, I'm, I'm excited to take the quiz. And so how did you start down this road, Amber? Mm. I don't really know the story. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, it's, it is a long story. Uh, and it starts with the fact that I grew up on a, a farm. It was a family farm that was um, uh, my biological parents got it from my maternal great grandmother uh, in very, very rural Minnesota. Uh, the town that I went to elementary school had 500 people in it. And so what's, what I love about that is that I always knew from birth that raspberries come from a bush and not from a box. So there's, there's already that distinction that when you ask some kids today, they truly don't know um, that, that raspberries come from a, a bush instead of a box. And there was even um, this film that I recently saw that was truly amazing at Sundance Film Festival called The Pod Generation. And um, the, there is two main characters, a husband and a wife, and the husband is a biologist during that time when things have gotten so far away from nature that they are actually... Um, a kind of farming out, you could say, uh, pregnancy into these pods. And so he is teaching his college students. He has this uh, greenhouse that is kind of unheard of uh, in this time frame. It's a very special project that he gets to have. And he's taking his biology students to the greenhouse and he simply plucks a fig from a tree and hands it asking any of his students who's willing to try this. And everybody's terrified. Nobody will do it because their food has been so divorced from the actual food. And so I feel really, really lucky that I've always known that raspberries come from a bush and not from a box. Um, but way leads on to way, uh, and life got pretty complicated for me. Uh, and then uh, I actually had a health crisis when I was in my 20s. Uh, and um, now we know a lot more about candida at the time. This would have been 2005, I think. Um, we didn't know too much. Um, you had to be pretty, pretty far on the fringes of, of knowing medicine at the time. Uh, and that started this new path of really um, coming back to the source of my food. And I think that's a, a really good way in for a lot of people that have come to, from divorced from nature is to really look at what am I eating? Uh, because that's, you know, that once again, that's so body orientated, that's so sensory orientated, but then it also forces you to ask questions about how is my food being grown? Um, for everything from labor practices to treatment to the earth to um, treatment of the animals that we're eating. So lots of, uh, of really interesting questions get asked there. And I was, I was brought back to those questions when I then started to realize I needed to eat a much healthier diet than I was eating. And then I, be, I got into permaculture and I, I've always been uh, like my choice of uh, like recreating is to be out in nature, whether that's hiking, whether it's camping, um, that's always been a, a big part of my life. Um, but then a critical moment happened at the election of 2016. And that was the year that Trump was elected. And I was definitely one of those people that, that believed in the quote that the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice, uh, which has been a, a civil rights um, slogan for a long time. Uh, Martin Luther King said it, but before him, there was even another pastor that used a similar quote. Um, and that's, that's actually being called into question these days as to, are, is that true? Um, and so I had one of those moments of going, wow, there are definitely some things that I, I don't understand about the world. And I, I, it's time to look at them. 
And as I was looking at all these different things, the, the thing that kept coming to me over and over again was that ecology is my home, which literally that is the definition of eco is home. And so ecologist is the study of the science of home. Economist is the study of the, uh, the, 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 the household, essentially. Um, and so ecology is my home, but art is my tool. And I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? You know, and I'm listening because I, I definitely have my, my own mystic side to me and I'm listening to that and I'm going, what does that even mean? And so I put my weaver into action and I started coffee dates. I started researching. I was like, what does arts and ecology even mean? And I met incredible people. I found incredible research. Um, I learned so much. Uh, and that's when some of those things that you read in my bio started happening. That's when I worked for Portland Farmers Market. That's when I hosted Science on Tap. That's when I worked for EcoTrust. That's when I created Live Culture Coast. Um, and in the midst of all of this, I had this back pocket project that is now what I'm working on, which is Climate of Awe, the film. And, and as I was really developing, okay, what, what, what's going to be told here? What is the story here? And how can it actually help people? Uh, that's when um, I, I went deeper into the science. I took courses with this incredible physicist named Fritoff Capra um, and, and all kinds of other things. And as, as I was researching is when I fell upon the, the five different uh, relationship types across the spectrum. But you know, ultimately, in a lot of ways, that can all be summarized to it, it was a calling. It was those moments that I stopped and listened and asked, uh, and then just shut up and listened. And there were you know key key moments in my life that got me there. Um, but I think what's really exciting in in today's world is that this relationship with the earth is still really foreign to a lot of people. It's considered an existential crisis to a lot of people, but it's also something that we are more and more aware of. Um, I uh, Once again, when I was at Sundance, there was this incredible panel called Audiences Want Climate Stories. Uh, because back in the day to like convince a network that there should be something about climate change um, in, in a story, in a film, in a show, it's like wrestling an arm. Um, but what they did is they actually put together this incredible story showing, and this was just published in October 2022, that 70% of people think that climate change is a like, high-level important issue in our lives. And they want, just like any other story, we want to see ourselves reflected uh, in those stories. And so as I thought about how do I, how do I show people like, this is where we're at. Um, and this is, this is what we can do. Like for me, where that came from was a kid growing up on a farm. But what about the person who always grew up in an apartment in New York City? Or what about the person who um, uh, grew up running around an industrial complex in Detroit? Um, or what about the person who inherited a yoga studio in Puerto Rico uh, and is trying to figure out what to do now, but they've never really had the training to do that. And so to me, it became really important to figure out how do we welcome everybody into this conversation? More and more people want to be a part of the conversation, but don't necessarily have an inroad in. And so my hope with Earth Relationship and the projects that I'm creating out of it is simply the verb welcome. Welcome to the conversation. 
welcome to your relationship with the earth. Here's a map. You might want to change your shoes, but it really it's up to you. Here's some places you can go check out. Like go check out my friend uh, Metza. He's got some great resources. Go check out this really incredible um, podcast that I can suggest called All My Relations um, that is um, put together by two young indigenous women. And, and on and on the list goes is I really do feel like the role that I serve is this place of welcome. Raspberries come from a bush, not from a box. I love all that. That's um, I my my question for you now because I love what you're saying, and I'm going to bring this back to. Where do you think we find Earth in our body? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that what's what's interesting to us. My head goes to the Earth relationships and how each five of them would say that would answer that question differently. Um, like the scientists might talk about, you know, the iron from the stars or the carbon from, from the plants or, you know, might, might break it down into those elements. And, and I want to honor those people that that's where they need to connect to. Or we might look at the mystics who, um, like I, I work with Kundalini energy personally, and in order to experience that, what is, what is referred to as vital life force energy, which where else does that come from, but from our place on the planet, um, I, I have to be in a place of being attuned to my body, specifically my central spinal channel. And it's actually this energy that I feel like moves up and down um, that channel. Um, and in that way, I get either revelations about the earth or I feel connected with the larger energy that is the earth. Like James Lovelock was a scientist, um, probably more along the ecologist side of things where he, he came up with the Gaia theory about how really, um, you know, the planet is one big organism and we as humans are actually just like a component of that. Like, like our cells would have, you know, their atoms and the eons and the mitochondria and all the other things. Um, when I'm into that place of Kundalini, I'm feeling it in my body, that energy, but it's reminding me that I am just the mitochondria in the larger cell that is the earth. Um, if I was looking at it from more of that weaver, that ecotone kind of view, um, these, these people are more, they're more practical. They're like, let's get our hands in the dirt. Let's build a community garden. Let's feed some people. Uh, and so when they're talking about their relationship with the earth and their body, um, it's going to be through using your body uh, to create action and oftentimes a very practical, tactical action um, that, that noticeably makes a difference for people. Uh, and so I, I just want to honor that 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 answer is so important. And it also, um, once again, wanting to welcome people into that conversation, I want to make sure that I, I, I look at the spectrum of ways it can be answered. Oh, you are muted, my friend. Sorry about that. Thank you. I, my next question then is like, and you, you were you were answering this the whole time, but mm -hmm. for someone who wants to become part of this conversation and wants to know how to be a better kin mm. to their this planet and to the people around them. You know, I have I have a weekly kindness challenge and I've been doing that for over a year. I'm just trying to um, remind people what little things they can do to be kind to their, you know, their brothers and sisters, but also just to the world. And so since this is going to air on Earth Day, 
And though we're recording it first, this is a very special, it's a special edition of our podcast. So for Earth Day, um, yeah, what what would you say? How can someone take teensy, teensy steps to become mm-hmm. and welcome into this conversation? Yeah. I would say, um, so there's, there's a couple things that I would suggest. And one, um, I I think we talked about it earlier, simply go outside and don't don't go outside to take, because as humans, we tend to have, um, we have a selfish quality to us. And and we're asking the question, what, what's in it for me, like constantly. Um, And, and just like any new relationship, that instinct is there. Let's say it's somebody that you're interested in dating. Your first things that you're tuning into is, do I find this person attractive? Do I think they're saying the right thing? It's very eye focused. And so I just want to acknowledge that and just put that into the room, um, that that's a reality. But what I encourage people to do is to say, okay, I, I know this part of me. I know this part of me has a really loud voice, but can I put it aside for just a second? And can I go outside into nature and whatever access people have for that and receive? listen, what's, what is the message? Is it the air quality that you're in, whether it is crystal clear or smoggy? Is it birds that you can hear? Is it, do you, can you go out barefoot and just feel the, the earth under your toes? Maybe you can feel the rain, like right now uh, it's Oregon, it's raining because it's February. <laughs> And so it's raining. Uh, Maybe I feel that. And like, how can you just feel that for 30 seconds rather than like wanting to huddle away from it? Or if you are fortunate to be somewhere where it's gorgeously sunny right now, how can you just soak that in? So I think that that first thing is how can we go and meet nature as its own entity and not just something that we can take from, that we can exploit um, but to really start a relationship, like if we were to go on that first date with that person that we're interested in, we would start looking and listening for things about that other person that we could, like maybe it's maybe it's the text that you're going to send them after the date about something you talked about and you know they'll be interested in it. Um, or or you're thinking about like, if, if it goes well and you're thinking about a second date, maybe you go research some things that you they, they mentioned that they like to do. And you're like, hey, here's a suggestion that we go do because I know you're interested in it and I'm willing to give it a shot. And so kind of getting to that phase of being willing to just listen and take it in, I think is, is so, so critical as a starting point. I love that to see it like as a relationship because like as an actual, you know, human relationship, because it does matter to see the other person's or other entities, you know, needs. And, um, you know, and I agree, like, not just to take, don't just go out and, um, you know, do a sun tanning, but Mm -hmm. recognize how the sun is so amazing and how it, you know, helps everything that is around us. I love feeling the sun, especially when I don't feel well, Mm -hmm. how it heals and Mm -hmm. things like that. But, um, such such great information today on earth day today what what are some final thoughts that you would you would like people to walk away with on earth day um yeah what would you what would you offer as a some final thoughts about earth day yeah and actually where where i i go back to is often a place where conversations like this start 
which is an acknowledgement. The term that is used more and more recently is a land acknowledgement, um, but we're starting to realize that that's not enough if there's not action behind it. Yes, it's fantastic to acknowledge the Indigenous peoples and in wherever you are, um, because that, that puts them in the, in the forefront. Once again, it's putting yourself not, not quite, you know, at the top, top of whatever pyramid you're on, but acknowledging that, that we are a guest in wherever we're located. Um, so that is super important. But what we're realizing is that that can be just performative if we're not actually doing something about it. So there, there is um, a quote um, from the company I used to work for, EcoTrust, um, that I would just uh, be honored to, to share with everybody to, and to even see, Ruth, what you think about. Like when you hear these words that I'm about to quote, like what's the response you have to it? And how, as you think of Earth Day and your relationship with the Earth, how could you take this in for, for what you think is the next step? So here goes the quote. The sovereignty, well-being, cultures, and languages of indigenous peoples are born of their homelands, and that makes these lands and waters precious to native communities. All of us have the responsibility to treat them with the respect and care they deserve and to steward them carefully for the next generations. We need to do more. Please do your part. Thank you. Oh, I love that quote. Um, oh, I totally agree with it. I, for me, I, I wish I lived clear nearer to an ocean because I would like to clean out as much as I could that I see mm -hmm. is thrown into the waters. Mm -hmm. And then in my house, we just try to have, um, you know, we try to compost and we try to just recycle everything, not just recyclables, which I don't really know are recycled, mm -hmm. um, especially in my small city, but the, um, try to use things again. I think that we, as humans, we get so used to um, one use plastics mm -hmm. and then also to electronics. You know, mm -hmm. we, we just kind of toss them out and get another one. And it's mm -hmm. a big deal. Um, what happens in the background for all that stuff to just show up and we use it again. And my dad would fix old radios and fix old um everything um i love that uh, you know refrigerators washers dryers like like things around the house um flashlights instead of just throwing it out um he still does he's very good at that and that definitely taught me um how to you know to really look at the machinery behind what we use and see if we can reuse it um, mm, i love that but yeah the water uh, the people that have been so abused on this country and the, on this world, everywhere around the world. Yeah, to love them. Definitely. I'm on a mission to spread love and kindness one smile at a time. And so these two very well go together. And um, just like, we just need to love everything. Yeah. <laughs> There's no reason for that type of narcissism and selfishness. We can all be selfish in a way of taking care of our own health. That's not selfish. Mm -hmm. Self-care mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. different than being selfish. Yeah. Um, that's another thing that comes up. That's a whole other podcast. But um, well, have... and so I would love to give you another another. It's not a direct quote, but it comes from an architect named Jason McClellan. Um, he actually gave a keynote speech at a conference I was at about a year ago. 
and um, he's, he's very well known in, in the green architecture world. Uh, he created something called the, the, oh shoot, I'm going to mess it up, but I think it's Living Earth Institute. I could be wrong, but James McClellan is his name. And um, he, his whole keynote was about that we clearly have the technology to, to bring, you know, what, what is being referred to as the green revolution. What we're missing is the love. Yeah. What we're missing is the love. And that's part of what I hoped to do with the quiz is just like revealing your love language, reveal your way of loving through the earth. And then that's actually the follow-up gift that I gave is, is, you know, your, your original question was what can we do on this earth day? And part of the answer that I give is after you take the quiz, I will send you emails of people that are specifically living right now. And they are specifically not celebrities. They are everyday people, but they are that same type. And I'm giving you the stories of who they are, what they're doing, in some cases, how they came to be doing that thing. So you can see these examples and you can be inspired by these examples and, and start to see yourself as to, could I do that? Do I feel passionate about this particular aspect of being a metaphor or a weaver or molecular? Um, and, and be inspired to, to answer that question that you asked me, which is what can we do on this earth day? And the honest answer is, I can't tell you, you have to find it for yourself, just like you have to find your self-love for yourself and you have to find your love for this planet yourself. But what I can do is provide you these inspirational ways that might be that, that key piece um, that, that helps you, you find it for yourself. That's great. I yeah. Have you ever done the um, planting a tree on Earth Day? I have definitely. We have this incredible organization here in Portland, Oregon called um, uh, Friends of Trees, and uh, we uh, people sign up to say yes, I can. I can take such and such a type of trees, and this is where they could go. Uh, and then volunteers get together and and do a bunch of plantings uh, over the course of a day. Well, since since Earth Day is on Saturday this year, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that's a. I'm I'm uh, I'm reminded of my friend Venerable Damadipa, who he and his group of people they planted a thousand trees. I love that. And um, I can't even imagine how, how cool that would have been uh, to have been part of that, that big group. But, um, you know, I'm wondering if I can get some of my teens together to, uh, to do that. Cause they, they wanted to, they're like, what do we, what should we do? Mm-hmm. And I get that question a lot. And then all of a sudden it's not earth day and then, right. you know, nothing happens. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to work hard on getting that done today, earth day. I love it. Yeah, tree planting is is so such a proven thing that actually fits across all five types. Like there is definitely the science about the oxygen and the erosion, um, and then we get to the you know the weavers that are hands in the dirt, uh, and then we have the mystics that are feel like that as they're you know they're as they're planting that tree, it's it's almost a prayer into the earth. So planting the trees is 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 incredible across the entire spectrum of earth relationships. That's a great one. I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can get that going for today. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Today. So any last statements? I know your quiz, all of your, if, and, and for anybody who can't get to the show notes, can you please just uh, tell us how to get a hold of you? Um, what socials are you on and how do they find the quiz? If you could just speak it. And those of you who have the show notes, it, it is below. 
how to find Amber and all of her uh, socials and how to get a hold of her and get the, the quiz. But could you just mention those, please, Amber? Yeah, happy to. So everything is under the name Earth Relationship. So the website is earthrelationship.com. Um, the, the two main um, socials that I'm on are Facebook and Instagram. And those are under also, if you just type in Earth Relationship into your search bar, you'll find it that way. Uh, so yes, that that is the the easiest way to either do a Google search or a social media search is th simply through the term uh, Earth relationship, and then um, through the quiz you will find that on the homepage of the website. So just EarthRelationship.com. It's right there, first thing you see on your screen. There's a button to click um, that that will send you on your way. And right now the quiz that I have is uh, geared towards teens and adults. It's 13 on up. Um, down uh, down the future, I hope to also create one for kids. Uh, it's a little bit more tricky with kids because there's some protections around uh, marketing to kids, which is absolutely fantastic. I love those things, but I just want to make sure that I that I honor those when I when I create that for them. So right now that 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 quiz is focused on um, supporting people that are 13 and up. Excellent. Amber, it's been so fun talking to you. I love this information. Great job on all your work on it. Um, and I hope to see and maybe do another podcast in the future. Sounds and, amazing. I would love that. Okay, excellent. So thank you so much today. And we will talk to you soon. Everybody, thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Your Body Advocate with Ruth Cummings. We're so glad you've joined us today and truly believe you can live a pain-free, passion-filled life. To connect with Ruth, work with Ruth, or to grab your free ebook, go to ruthcummings.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Until next time, friends, be open, include the unincluded, think outside the box, and spread love and kindness one smile at a time.